Well, this morning I want to uh, I want to share a little bit this morning with you under the umbrella of the of the statement uh, the way forward, the way forward. So we all know that we are in motion, we are moving. We know that we're moving uh, forward, and so we want to talk a little bit this morning about that way forward. I want to read a very familiar passage just to begin this morning. In 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, some of you could quote it for me, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. So be aware of this, that in the last days perilous times will come. I've always been fascinated with the word that is translated from the Greek language into English as perilous. What does perilous mean? Perilous has a different, has a number of meanings. Perilous is used in the Greek language with reference to the demoniacs, the men who were demon-possessed that are recorded in the New Testament. And it, it could be translated as violent or fierce. So we know that fierce or violent times are going to come. Also could be translated as wild or difficult or grievous, hard to bear, distressing. These kinds of words are used in our English language to describe uh, perilous, what perilous means. So they're violent, fierce, they're wild and difficult, grievous and hard to bear and distressing. And these are the kinds of times that are prophesied as uh, that they would come. And so it says they will come in the last days or the final days. So obviously we know that we are, we have entered and are entering into those into that period of time based on this description alone. Let's talk a little bit this morning about Albert Einstein. You're familiar with Albert Einstein. A number of quotes have been attributed to Albert Einstein. Uh, let me give you a couple. And I have a little graphic I'm going to put up in just a moment. But Albert Einstein said that, and of course, as you know, he was a very gifted, extremely intelligent man. He was very gifted in understanding the laws of the universe or scientific principles. And so one of the things he said was that if you could not explain some of the laws of the universe in simple ways, he said you don't understand it well enough. Isn't that true? Can't you, haven't you found that in your, in, in your life, that if you cannot explain something in simple terms, you don't understand it well enough? Also, he said he gave a definition of the difference between stupidity and genius. Have you heard that one? The difference between stupidity and genius. And his, <laughs> his uh, definition of the distinction or the difference between, again, genius and stupidity is that stupidity, or at least genius, has limits. Okay? Genius has limits. <laughs> All right, but that's not the one I want to refer you to this morning. Sherry will put this one up for us. Let's look at this together. Albert Einstein was looking for, as all great uh, minds in terms of the scientific realm, were looking for basically a foundational principle or a principle upon which all other principles would rest and that would derive from. And he said, I have a deep faith that the principle of the universe will be Beautiful and simple. Because in all his discoveries and all of his um, scientific genius, 
He discovered in the laws of the universe, he, saw, he discovered it was simplicity and there was beauty. Always those two things would be together, beauty and simplicity. The laws that had stymied the intelligence of human beings from the very beginning, when they finally yielded themselves and were unsealed, if you like, or revealed, it was discovered that they were beautiful and simple. Thank you, Sherry. Now I want to say this morning that the genuine truth of God is revealed by the Spirit of God as we move ahead forward. will be both simple and beautiful. And one other thing. Liberating. 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 As we move forward, we're talking about the way forward. As we move forward, there will be a, and there is already, but there will increasingly be a battle for truth. A great struggle and battle for truth. And everyone will have their version of it. On all conceivable fronts and sides there will be versions of truth. The secular humanists, the religious humanists, religious people of all different religions throughout the world will have their version of truth. There will be another version of truth that will be God's truth. Now, as we move forward, we're going to be confronted with all these different ideologies and versions and ideas of what the truth is. Even within and among Christians, there already is this, but this will continue as we go forward. There will be these competing ideas and understandings of what the truth is. I want to uh, read something to you. Just, just give me a moment. Can I read something very simple? We we could re, we could uh, we have memorized this verse. It's John chapter three, and verse number sixteen. Let me read it to you. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so we read the verse, and we are informed by the words of the verse. And we reach conclusions based on what informs our intelligence. What if some of these words were sealed so they could not be seen? In other words, you can't see them. They're sealed. What if? Let me read this. For God so loved that he gave that whoever believes should not perish but have everlasting life. Now I have left out. I've left out various words. What if some of these words were sealed so they could not be seen? So that when we read it, that's just what I just read to you. That would be what we would understand. Then we would have a very different understanding of what the truth is that's being given to us. We would understand certain things. But we would not have a clear, well-informed understanding because some of the words were sealed. Now we're living in a period of time where there is going to be, and already there is. We're living in a period of time when some of the things of God that have been sealed and hidden from the understanding are in the process of being revealed. And we are actually moving into a period of time where we are going to see a great many of these marvelous truths of God always there, always have been there, but they've been hidden from us because they've been sealed. And the only way they can be understood is they have to be revealed. They can't be figured out. They can't be guessed at. 
They have to be revealed. The Holy Spirit reveals, but he reveals according to the will of God and the timing of God. And we, are, we find throughout Scripture in Daniel and the book of Revelations, there are various things that are sealed or hidden from us until the times of the end. So we are moving into a period of time where these things that have been sealed from our understanding, hidden from us, are in the process of being revealed. But yet, at the same time, as I say that, there's going to be all kinds of different people who are going to claim, well, you know, the Lord just showed me something that's been sealed. <laughs> and the Lord has opened this up to me, and I understand this, and you're going to find that all these things are going to differ and vary, and you're going to find groups saying, well, we have the inside track. Another group, well, we have the inside track. And one is going to be accusing the other one of false teaching and heresy and so on and so forth, and it's going to go on like that, how are you going to be able to determine what the revelation of God is, if there's any revelation of God at all in it? Now, this can be down. This can, this can be depressing, but it is not intended to be depressing. But it's a reality, and it is a truth. As we go forward in terms of the way forward, my question is this morning, can we stay together as we go forward? Can we stay together? Can we? Many will not. Because as we move forward, there's going to be, in the plan of the Lord, a revealing and an unveiling of various truths that are going to stand us on our heads. And we're going to say, oh, I never thought it could be like that. That's not the way I've always understood it to be. But it's going to be true. And at some point in time, we're going to come to a place where we'll realize that the way we have understand, understood certain things has been flawed and incomplete, and we have reached conclusions that are not the true, full conclusion because we didn't have enough information. That's what's going to happen. So I know that's going to happen, and I know that out of that, there's going to be a tendency of people to disassociate and not to stay together anymore. Because some will see this, and some will see that, and so on and so forth. I want to read, though, a passage and just make a couple of comments on it. It's in John chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. These are the words of Jesus. He said, Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed on him, If you continue in my word, so I want to just break this down a little bit. If you continue in my word, it's not just that if you listen to me once or twice, but if you continue in my word, continue in my teachings, continue in my doctrine, Jesus speaking, you need to continue in what I am saying to you. Now that, we need to do that. We need to continue in what the Lord is saying to us. And if we have questions about what the Lord is saying to us, then we should not assume anything. Don't assume we know things if in fact we, we have reservations or questions. Jesus said, if you continue in my word, this means basically when, when my word is something you want to hear, even when my word is something that you may not want to hear, what if my word is something that you disagree with, you find yourself in disagreement with because you have been taught all your life a certain way of thinking about it. Now I reveal this to you, but you do not continue in it because you disagree with it. He said, if you continue in my word, and he said, you are my disciples indeed. 
My true disciples, he said, will continue in my teaching. But then he said this. And you shall know the truth, which means know means to become intimately acquainted with it. Intimately acquainted. Are there people that you know very well? Are there people that you are intimately acquainted with and you know them? You know the way they're going to respond in a certain set of circumstances because you know them? Jesus said, you will know, if you continue in my truth, in my teaching that is, you will know the truth, intimately acquainted with the truth. And here it is. And the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free. Now, I'm going to use that verse of those words of Jesus. I want to use those words for myself and offer them to you going forward. I want to say to you this morning that you can use those words as a acid test, if you like, as the kind of test that absolutely proves the validity of the things that you are hearing. Absolutely proves it, beyond a shadow of any doubt. Going forward, the truth will not be the miraculous realm. Well, I went somewhere, and someone received a great miracle, and somebody received a great healing. Therefore, I know that the hand of the Lord is on that movement. You cannot use that going forward. You cannot use it. It will not be reliable. Well, I went to a meeting, and the gifts of the Spirit were poured out, and speak, people spoke in languages that they had never learned. Did you hear any of those languages? No, but they spoke in an ecstatic kind of utterance. Spirit of God must be with them? No, not necessarily. Even if they spoke in a language that someone understands in the earth, does not mean necessarily that the Spirit of God is the author of it. People from the darkest pagan societies and religions in the world have been speaking in languages they have not learned for many, many hundreds of years on occasions. So you see, we cannot go by these kinds of things. But we can go by this. And if you continue in my teachings, you are my disciple indeed. As a consequence of that, you will know, become intimately acquainted with the truth. And the truth that you become intimately acquainted with will make you free. And no one and nothing can make you free except the word of God and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ and the spirit of the living God. The only ones that have permission to make you free. What does it mean to be made free? To be made free means to be made free from all the bondage that we as human beings are fettered with and in. It means besetting sins. It means free from carnal lusts of the flesh that war against the spirit. In many cases have been inherited down from generation to generation to generation to generation. To be freed from that so that that has no power or control anymore in one's life. It means to be freed from sin. It means to be free from the traditions of men. It means to be free from a devotion to self that sets up self as the priority. The truth that the Lord gives us will make us free. And as we go forward, let me say that if you are listening and believing and and embracing anybody, the word goes across the face of the earth. 
to anyone in the sound of the, of, of the words, if you are receiving any doctrine and any teaching anywhere at any time in any place that does not result in you being made free from sin, free from evil of all kinds, and does not promote holiness and heart purity in your life, then that is not the full word of Jesus cannot be trusted as his word. It can't be trusted. It's very simple. You know what's beautiful? As Albert Einstein would say, and it's simple. Beautiful and simple. I love it. I love it. One of the things that we're going to hear going forward is you're going to hear, and you're hearing it now, you're hearing basically from the writings, the book of uh, Ezekiel, in maybe chapter 40 and 44 and in through that area of Ezekiel where it refers to the sons of Zadok. The sons of Zadok were priests. Uh, they were priests. And Zadok and his sons were very true to the Lord even when the rest of the priests or the sons of Eli were being unfaithful to the Lord. And so later on in the book of uh, Ezekiel you'll find that the sons of Zadok are favored in, the, in, in, in worship and in the temple worship they're favored and they can actually worship unto the Lord, but the other priests can only worship or, or serve the temple and minister to the people, but they can't minister unto the Lord. Now you'll find people today, this, this has become very popular, and there are people from all kinds of different, des- disparate, really, views of understanding and teaching who are basically wanting to line up to become the sons of Zadok. We are the true sons of Zadok, and we will be the sons of Zadok going forward. Will there be a ministry towards the ends of the end of the age as we approach the second coming of Messiah? Will there be a ministry, body of ministry that types? It is the anti-type, if you like, or the fullness of that biblical type? I believe yes, yes, absolutely. But here we have, now we have all these different people who really don't agree with each other. Saying we are, I am, we are, I am, son of Adam. <laughs> Zadok. So how are you going to determine all that? Well, listen. Listen carefully. Never put your confidence in any human being. Fully and completely. Only put your confidence in the Lord. Listen to what is being said and listen to what is being taught. It doesn't matter whether it's here or if it's on the internet or if it's on TV or, you know, wherever it is. We're living in the information age, so information is just being, we're just being pummeled with it. Actually, you know what the truth is? We have far too much of it. We have more than we can process. And people are driving themselves kind of silly trying to process. There's a hunger that cannot be satisfied. Whenever you have a hunger in any level that cannot be satisfied, you have a sickness. Do you know that? You say, oh, but they're hungry. Oh, I'm so hungry. But if you're hungry all the time, never satisfied, there's something wrong with you. And that applies in the natural realm and it also applies in the spiritual realm. Those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they will be satisfied. They will be filled. When it comes to the things of God, if you're really receiving the things of the Lord, you receive one or two words from the Lord. And it'll be almost more than you can carry. But when it's just information that's influencing your soul realm and your mind realm, You can be fed and fed and fed and never satisfied. And this is what's happening now. 
And I just want to say this morning before we move on, you shall know the truth, the truth of God will make you free, free, free from anxiety, free from demonic influence, free from generational sins and influences and tendencies and propensities towards evil. Free from being hypocrite, free from being phony, free from being double-minded. All those things, just free. Free indeed. And if you and I can see that there's a freeing and a liberating to us and, and within us, and that we're being set free from the bondage of sin, let's call it what it is. It's all sin. And if we find that we are being enabled from within, not through self-effort, but we are being enabled from within naturally because of the word and spirit of God to live a holy life. Our minds are becoming pure. Our dreams are even becoming more pure and acceptable. Our lusts of the flesh are not dominating, commanding. In fact, we hardly even know that they're there. It's as if they've gone away. They haven't really gone away. They've been conquered. But be careful because they need to continue to be conquered. Now, if that's happening as a result of the word and the teaching and the doctrine and the believing that you're, that you're receiving, then embrace it, embrace it. Thank the Lord for it. And don't thank the instrument necessarily or entirely through whom it comes to you. But thank the Lord for it. Here it is. I want to read this. It says, the question is, the truth I am following, the belief system I have, the truth that I am following, what is it accomplishing in me? That's the question. What is it accomplishing? What is it doing in me? Is it making me free from sin? If it is, it's the Lord. If it's not, it's not the Lord. It's just beautiful and it's simple. I want to introduce you this morning to a man named Russ, Russell Stenham. Russell Stenham. For the next 30 minutes, I'm going to ask you to listen and watch with me a video presentation from earlier this year, in February of this year, in Manitoba. It was at call, it was a, it was a, a work called Mission Fest Manitoba 2016. You can find this on YouTube. Just do a little search on YouTube for Russell, two S's, two L's, Stenham, S-T-E-N-H-A-M. And just put in his name and put in Mission Fest Manitoba 2016. And you'll be able to watch it, download it, watch it on your computer, whatever you want. I'm going to present it to you here this morning. Russell Stenham went with his parents to Columbia when he was uh, eight years old. His parents went as a missionary, as missionaries. And his parents were involved in the Wycliffe Bible Translators. His father actually was in charge of various aspects of the Bible translation in Columbia. Columbia has been in civil war now for 55 years. And you'll hear from him this morning that there's a tremendous there's a tremendous import to what is being presented. Now we need to evaluate what is being presented and look at it using the, using the measure, right? Using the measure that we already talked about this morning. 
Use this measure and everything. Write it down. Brand it on your consciousness. Russell Stenham became uh, very involved with uh, all aspects of the Civil War in Colombia, ministering to different aspects of the Civil War. They actually were involved in the peace negotiations that have been taking place in Cuba now for the last two or three years, where the FARC, FARC, guerrillas, and the Colombian government, perhaps a few other bodies, were involved in peace negotiations or an effort to attain peace. Again, 55 years of civil unrest and war and thousands of people killed, many Christians killed and murdered, many pastors murdered. I referred to a reference last Sunday morning. I referenced a miraculous healing that I offered to you that occurred in Colombia. And that occurred through the ministry of not just Russell Stenham, but also his one of his very close friends, his name is Albert Lupnitz. Albert Lupnitz. I just called him Albert. I find I'm a little bit reluctant to give people's names now because I don't trust that people will actually take those names and handle them appropriately. Let's be very careful the way we handle things. We don't run off and become silly in the way we try to discern. I just want to say it again. If a ministry and a word and truth does not make you free from sin and free from all kinds of difficult things that burdens that you carry, then it's not the ministry completely of Jesus. Because that's what his does. That's what it does. Makes you free. This is very interesting because when I, I was uh, introduced to this information in a very unusual way. I'm not going to go into all the ways. Nobody gave it to me. Nobody said anything about it. It just was providentially, it came to me. It just came uh, in about three different stages and, and, and connections. And so I want to share it with you. And the very interesting thing about this is this past week, Wednesday, an agreement was signed between the FARC rebels in Colombia and the Colombian government. A peace agreement was achieved in Cuba this past week. It remains to be seen whether or not this will actually achieve peace in the country of Colombia. There are various things that have already been prophesied and presented of the Lord to them in terms of different things that must occur. And if those things are honored and they occur, then the peace will come. And if they are not received, the peace will will not come. We're going to see how people respond to what the Lord has said. So let me introduce you this morning to Russell Stenham and a little bit of his testimony. And we'll touch probably in coming days. We'll touch a little bit more on some of this. Sherry will present it to us this morning.